This is an ABC podcast. Hi, welcome to the podcast. Ladies, we need to talk. Come in, come in. This is where we get together for a bit of a bloody chinwag. Talk about women's stuff. It is as they say, a safe space. Now, obviously, if you've been here before, you know how it works. We try not to judge, we're not into shaming, and we do our best to really tell the truth and be supportive of each other. We want that sisterhood to keep women wrapped up in a soft, bosomy embrace of care, cuddles, gentleness, and general lady smarts. Because we're all women who believe in other women, right? At first it just seemed as though perhaps she just didn't really like me. (laughs) Like, I don't think it's on purpose. I get these comments from women. It just seemed like there was nothing I could do right. I think it comes across as being really bitchy. (laughs) But we're not bitches, are we? I mean, I'm not. Are you? Why are you looking at me like that? I'm Yumi Steins. Ladies, we need to talk about Mean Girls. There's this idea that women compete, compare and undermine one another. It's just how we interact, or at least that's what we're taught and that's what the stereotype is. So what's behind it? When men are assertive, they're just assertive, right? But when women are, they're often labelled as bitchy. And putting together this episode, we felt conflicted. The last thing I want to do is add to the idea that female relationships are bitchy and toxic and competitive. Because often they're not. In fact, most of the time they're not. But we can't deny that bitch is part of our vernacular. And nor can we deny that sometimes some women can be really mean. My name's Danielle. I'm 25. I'm a doctor that works in Perth. I often have female colleagues in my workplace that are unkind and are bitchy to me. And it's really upsetting, quite frustrating, and it makes me feel like shit. Quite often on ward rounds, I'll see a patient and then ask a nurse, oh, you know, are are you able to do this for me or, or, you know, are you able to go get these medicines for me? And my work is normally quite busy. Sometimes these requests are quite rushed. And I remember one time asking a nurse to to get something for a patient, walked away and just around the corner I've heard her say, oh, that doctor is so rude to me. She was such a bitch, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, I'm right here. Yeah. And that sort of abruptness that you describe, that would be completely okay if it were a male doctor? 100%. It would not have even been an issue if it was a male doctor, which is really frustrating. So that sort of bitchy sort of whispering about you behind your back, do you get that worse from women than from men? Absolutely. Without a doubt. How does it make you feel? It's really upsetting, I think, because you want your female colleagues in your workplace to sort of be your comrades, especially because you're all going through the same thing and you're all experiencing the same pressures from, from you know, from everyone else. Mm. And I think, yeah, it hurts more coming from a female than it does from a male. And what about your own sort of your inner dialogue? Do you ever feel guilty when in your head you say to yourself, oh, God, that's super bitchy? I think all the time I'm really conscious of how I deliver requests or tasks. I have to really think about 
you know, how I'm saying it, do I come across as being a, a total bitch or actually is this okay? And so it definitely changes the way that I, I you know, ask for things, which, yeah, is really um, mentally draining. Mm, yeah, you've got to sort of do gymnastics around how you phrase Yeah, that. yeah, absolutely. Does, does part of being successful, do you think, as a woman, mean embracing people will con- consider you a bit of a bitch? I would like to think. Not, but probably yes. You know, there's that figure of the ballsy woman that's in power that, you know, acts a bit like a man. She doesn't really care what people think about her. But I think you can also be that powerful woman and and not have to be a total bitch. I just think it's a bit more difficult. Danielle, I want to ask you, do you feel guilt about using the word bitchy? A little bit. I think it to me, it's quite a juvenile word. Like, you know, you're a bitch in high school or you're, you know, a bitch in primary school. And to sort of attribute that to someone in a workplace sort of makes you feel like you're being a bit immature or that, you know, it's it's really not a very nice thing to say about someone, but sometimes it's just the best word to describe, I guess, what's going on. It's a familiar story, right? We've all experienced bitchiness. I know I have. Mate, at school, I was the centre of a huge shitstorm between the two most powerful girls in class, and it was only later that I found out that the war was about whether my name should be included on the list they were compiling of the ugliest girls in school. Can you believe it? But this idea of bitchiness, while we're no strangers to it, it is very complicated and very gendered. Men are rarely described this way. So for God's sake, can we please speak to a woman who knows what's going on here? Beatrice Alba is a researcher and psychologist from La Trobe University in Melbourne. She's looked at stigma, prejudice, discrimination and male and female behaviours. There are certainly differences. I mean, when men compete with one another and when they're aggressive towards one another, they tend to use more direct forms of aggression, like physical aggression and verbal aggression and these kinds of things. Uh, Women definitely are much less likely to do those things, but it's not to say that women aren't um, competitive or aggressive with each other either. They they just tend to do things a little bit more differently. So rather than relying on things like um, physical aggression and direct aggression, they'll use more indirect forms of aggression like exclusion and gossiping and uh, these kinds of things. But the research is a little bit mixed on this point about whether or not women do these things more than men. So there have been some studies that find that, you know, women and girls are more likely to engage in those behaviours. But then there's also research to suggest the opposite. So there's a bit of a myth that uh, women are more bitchy in that way, um, I think. I don't think that the research necessarily... Um, supports that particular conclusion. So despite what society tells us and what you might think, women aren't necessarily bitchier than men. Just to make sure, we asked three different psychologists what they thought about the way men and women treat each other. They agreed that men and women are both predisposed to bitchiness. And something interesting came up. Women often bond through communication... Men tend to bond over activities. So there's nothing in our DNA which says we're actually bitchier. We just talk more. Beatrice, the social psychologist, says the idea of bitchiness is completely overblown. 
I think ultimately it comes down to double standards. We, we hold women and girls to a much higher standard than we do to uh, men and boys. So we just expect girls to be these little saints, you know, that they're perfect and they never do anything aggressive. So when they do something even slightly aggressive, they just put a, a toenail out of line, I think we judge them quite harshly for it. You know, even girls and women tend to be quite sensitive to social exclusion and rejection and also to just fairness. So we ourselves tend to just hold each other to a higher standard. So, you know, if you sort of step back, you'll see that actually um, women and girls aren't anywhere near as bitchy as we perceive them to be. And a lot of that is just good old double standards. Part of me can feel people listening to this podcast shaking their heads going, no way. No group of men has ever frozen out a man for doing the wrong thing or saying the wrong thing or being a general dickhead, whereas a group of women will totally freeze out and isolate one woman for some sort of transgression. Surely in your real life you've experienced that and witnessed that. Um, well, I mean, I haven't seen the difference. I mean, I've seen men be absolutely horrible to each other. Um, and sure, I've seen women be horrible to each other as well. With women, it will just be, yes, like you say, they freeze them out. They won't talk to them. Among men, they'll just bash each other up. I mean, isn't that worse? Well, I don't know if it's worse, but at least it's out in the open. Can we just get back to this idea of a double standard? The kicker is it's not just men who reinforce the double standard. It comes from women too. As much as it pains me to say, while the research says women aren't necessarily bitchier than men, we got that, there is growing evidence to suggest that women are legitimately biased against each other. I don't know where it comes from. Let's call this next person Maggie. That's not her real name. She phoned to talk about how she treats her sister-in-law. I do have these thoughts about and about judging the way that she raises her children and how she prioritises things in her life. She will say something about how she, uh, you know, she's got so much washing to do and she hasn't had a chance to do it, but she's been out all weekend partying here and doing this and doing that and, you know, she makes these choices that I think are not right for her kids. She's a great mother. She's got amazing children, but I, I find myself judging her and thinking to myself, well, if you didn't go out or, you know, um, if, you, if you just stayed home and put them first, then perhaps there wouldn't be this problem, whereas I would never, ever think that about her husband. And so every time I have these thoughts, I think to myself, like, why? That's just ridiculous. Like, don't be so judgy. Um, everyone's doing the best they can. You know, I think for her mental health, because she works full time, she has quite a big job as well. I think that she needs to let go on the weekends and she's really social and why can't I just accept that? Maggie knows the cold stare she gives to her sister-in-law isn't fair, but she says she can't help it. When I have these thoughts, I think I'm, I just sound like such a a bad feminist and such a bad family member. Like, why am I judging my sister-in-law like this when she, you know, is is my family? It's just, uh, it certainly makes me feel very bad about myself. 
it happened again today, like about obviously an, another mum. I was at swimming and someone was talking about the mother of her, uh, she's got stepchildren, and she was saying how she has her stepchildren every weekend, all weekend, so from Friday to Sunday, and the natural mother um, only has them during the week. And I was, I found myself saying, oh, that's very selfish and why wouldn't she want to spend time with her children on the weekend? And, and then I thought, well, that's what so many men do. So it's my natural state. I naturally come out and think that and I question myself afterwards, but I, I, I want to stop that being my unconscious thought. Psychologist Beatrice Alba says even the hardest working feminists can do this. Even when we love women and barrack for women and listen to podcasts all about empowering women, there's actually a goddamn name for this idea where we tend to be more critical of women than we are of men. It's called unconscious bias. Unconscious bias is where we display discriminatory behaviours towards women or other groups, and we're not necessarily aware that we're doing it. So if you ask someone whether or not they're prejudiced, they'll say no, but if you look at their behaviour, they might actually show that, in fact, they are treating different groups of people differently. And it can make women more critical of each other, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, because we do hold women to different standards to men, we can often find that uh, women are more critical towards other women than they are towards men. One example that we're probably all unsurprised by is um, leadership. So people tend to believe that men make better leaders than women. And, you know, anything that's kind of conventionally masculine, like, you know, fields like uh, mathematics and engineering, people will just expect a man to be more competent in those fields than a woman. The interesting thing about all this stuff is that when it happens, the perpetrators of this bias, the holders of this unconscious bias, they don't realise they're doing it. Yeah, that's right. Um, I mean, a lot of us you know, do believe uh, that we're rational people and that we're not prejudiced. But, you know, a lot of this stuff, a lot of the judgments we, we make just kind of happen automatically in our brains and we're not aware that, um, that we are maybe being a bit irrational. I'm really interested in this idea about how we hold women to higher standards. And often it's a woman in a work situation holding to account um, her inferior or equal and saying what you're doing is not good enough while she's surrounded by males doing the exact same work who are getting on just mm. perfectly. Mm. Unfortunately, I just think that's misogyny, that's sexism. That's the kind of slightly cruel way that, uh, well, not slightly cruel, it's, it's, it's overtly cruel. Um, it's just the cruel way that we treat women. And um, sadly, it is both women and men doing it. And I think that part of the problem is, is that when you're in a culture, in a society that is just patriarchal to begin with, you know, it's a situation where men dominate. It's very hard to break out of that vicious cycle. So um, it's hard for women to ascend the hierarchy, so to speak, and um, we just tend to naturally defer more to men. And a lot of that means letting them get away with things that we don't let women get away with because we just perceive them to be of higher status and more worthy of their position in the hierarchy. Oh, my God. So sexism isn't just something that happens to us, that is performed on us by men and culture and school and work when we're out in the world. We also do it to each other. 
Beatrice says it's partially about how our brains are wired. We make thousands of snap decisions every day, completely unconsciously. Sometimes they serve us, often they do. And sometimes those irrational judgments make us unwittingly go against the sisterhood. Like, what's your automatic response when you get a customer service email from a woman as opposed to from a man? Dr. Pragya Agarwal is a social science researcher who lives in the UK. She runs a couple of online businesses and, in her work, deals with a lot of female customers. One day, she decided to do a little experiment. I realised that over a certain period of time, the emails were getting quite becoming very impatient, they were becoming quite abrupt, and they were becoming quite rude. So I created this persona of somebody called Tom, um, which is very clearly a very um, a male Anglo-Saxon name. It is very impl- explicit in its gender and its race. And I started um, responding to emails and I've started interacting with customers using this persona rather than my real name, which is Pragya. So as I created this persona, there were uh, two or three women, female customers in particular. I considered their emails quite inappropriate and they were very impatient and quite rude. And so when I responded to the emails with using the name of Tom, I immediately noticed a change in behavior. We had been interacting over a period of uh, a week or 10 days perhaps with some of these customers and I suddenly um, they, their emails became very polite and they started use the tone of the email really mellowed down. They started using polite words like please and thank you rather than just abrupt one-liners and initially I thought that perhaps I was just imagining this change but then I noticed it over a period of uh, uh, quite a few days and over a few emails and this no this this change was clearly clearly evident and it really took me by surprise there are of course potentially two issues here pragya is not only a woman's name it's also a brown person's name and science proves that people can of course also have an unconscious bias about race as someone called yumi I've experienced this firsthand. So Pragya broadened her little social experiment. She put it out to her online community of female entrepreneurs. Initially, I was really reluctant and hesitant to bring this up because we don't talk about this gender bias in this explicit manner. And then I was really surprised at how women, all these other uh, women um, responded to this and uh, they shared their own experiences and a few of them went away and uh, did this experiment. So they created a Ben or a Harry or somebody and they, they faced, they experienced the same thing and and it was really surprising to see these results. And I suppose that kind of made it more clear that it was mostly a women bias, a bias against gender rather than race because all these women were had European names like Penelope or Penny or um, or uh, Emma, and they created the a male counterpart um, in their businesses to deal interact with customers. And so, when they faced the same results, um, it was actually astounding and it was sad in a way. It was really disappointing to notice that this was the case and. 
that it made it really clear that it was a bias, implicit bias against the gender rather than ethnicity. In Pragya's case, pretending to be a man made life easier. It took that out of the equation. Pragya was ashamed that an imaginary man got better results than an actual woman. But it really um, made me feel uh, a bit sad and disappointed because I am a very strong feminist and I believe in women's rights and I believe in supporting women and I believe in women's equality. And when you clearly see that women are biased against women, that is something that our society perhaps does not address as much, even in workplaces or in companies and organizations, about how this kind of implicit biases are existing between women. Danielle, the 25-year-old doctor from Perth, says unconscious bias also works against her. She's often mistaken for a nurse. Sometimes I'll be walking around the ward and I'll have patients yell out to me, oh, nurse, and I sort of have to go, oh, I'm not not a nurse, I'm, I'm one of the doctors. Sometimes I'll be talking to patients, you know, explaining to them quite doctory things, so saying, you know, oh, these were your test results today, we need to keep you in for another day for like X, Y, Z reason. I'll walk away and then and then he'll go, I'll hear in the corridor, oh, that nurse was, was really knowledgeable. She explained quite a lot to me. Or, or just things like, you know, I'll bring patients into my clinic rooms and walk them in and call them in and, and sit them down and say, oh, I'm Danielle, I'm one of the doctors. And you just see their, their expression is a bit surprised that I could possibly be their doctor. I imagine in your work as a doctor working in hospitals, there are some times when it's an emergency situation or action is called for urgently. In mm-hmm. that situation, do you find that people often defer to the male in the room? Absolutely. <laughs> um, I mean, we have quite good processes where, you know, if it's an emergency situation, there's there's someone in charge and, and that person is quite clearly in charge. And I think maybe... As long as you say you're the person in charge, it sort of doesn't matter whether you're a male or a female. But um, I see it quite a lot when, say, a duo of doctors go around a male and a female and the female is, say, the specialist but and the male is, is quite junior, the female will be talking to the patient but the patient will be asking the questions to the man even though it's the woman that's the specialist. <sighs> uh, yeah, How happens annoying. all the time. <laughs> Does that yeah. judgment sting more when it comes from a woman? I think so, yeah, because you sort of think like, oh, you know, you should understand what it's what it's like. Yeah, hurts more. Uh, what's this thing called again? There's even a test you can do online to check out your own bias. Um, it's called the Implicit Association Test from Harvard. It's free. It takes about 20 minutes and it's basically a word association game. Project Implicit, got it. Yep, I wish to proceed. The I keys for male... E is for female, male. I am just checking it out now. Okay, so left button is female, right button is male, and then I've got to tie them in with career or family. Beatrice, the psychologist, says this test is actually pretty good at predicting discriminatory behaviour. You know, some of the findings have come under some criticism. There's been a little bit of debate about just how valid these tests are. But uh, there certainly is research to back up the fact that people's scores on these tests, measuring their implicit bias, does in fact predict their discriminatory behaviour better than a test measuring their explicit bias. We got a few of the women in the office to do it and... um, 
I'm happy to say my results was bang on neutral. I, I didn't have um, a, a bias in either direction. Yeah, right. Um, but the other girls, the other women did. They found that they do carry unconscious bias against women. Okay. And they're feminists. Yeah. They wanted to beat themselves in the face with their folders yeah. when they saw those, those results. I would say don't beat yourself up over it. I mean, it's a very good thing that you do believe in equality. But I would just say that's just a result of, of the life you've lived and, and the society that you've lived in. It, it isn't really your fault and it, it's not really under your control. And it doesn't mean that you're necessarily going to do, um, you know, discriminatory things in your in, in your day-to-day life. I mean, these things are sort of predictive if you take a large sample of people. But for any one particular individual, it might not be the case for you. Do you notice yourself that you still have an unconscious bias? Um, I do. I do. I mean, I think, you know, sometimes you just uh, hear, I guess, the internal dialogue in your own mind and you think, oh, my God, what? that's ridiculous. And I certainly do. I do uh, notice it myself. Hopefully I don't act on it. And I think that having, like, studied psychology for years, I am so aware of the ways that these uh, discriminatory behaviours play out that I often put a fair amount of effort into counteracting any biases, even if I if, if I have them, kind of doing doing the opposite. So you know, going out of your way to challenge sexism when you see it, but also to support other women. And and you know, certainly you know, people talk about this a lot that you know women have to lift each other up, and you know that's it's it's good that we do that. We should definitely strive to do that. But in saying that, I often find that when people will argue in favour of women supporting other women, at the same time they seem to be passing this judgement that that women are actually horrible to each other as, as the default. You hear this expression that women are, are their own worst enemies. Uh, I don't believe that for a second. I don't I think women that. are their own worst enemies. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just, again, this is just the double standards. It's mm. people just judging women uh, far more harshly than they should. What I've seen in my own life is actually women being really wonderful to each other a hell of a lot of the time, you know. I think men are women's worst enemies, actually. And it's not to say that women are perfectly innocent and that we never, you know, treat each other badly. I just think that we do judge each other far too harshly on that front. If you're thinking to yourself that you're totally guilty of unconscious bias, don't worry. You're not going to be cast out of the sisterhood. We won't confiscate your boobs. This is Beatrice's checklist for how you can help counteract your own unconscious bias. So asking yourself, you know, are you really judging this person on their merit or some other ridiculous criteria. And, you know, if you really have to, and I'm not necessarily a big fan of this, but maybe you can just ask yourself, okay, if if a man were doing this, would I behave this harshly? And, I mean, I don't think that, you know, we should have to rely on treating everyone as though they were a man just to be able to treat them fairly. But if that's a way of maybe exposing the biases in your own mind, then, you know, by all means think about it in that way. But also just realise that uh, because we live in a male-dominated society, everything is harder for women. You know, everything is harder. So just cut other women some slack. Even if they are doing things a little bit more poorly, maybe it's just because it's harder for them. They've got other challenges that they have to deal with. So just reminding ourselves that there's inequality and there's all sorts of barriers towards women, that's reason enough to, to cut some slack, I think. 
Clearly, we need good female mentors to help dispel some of this unconscious bias stuff. And listen, I'm tentative to put anything else on your goddamn to-do list. But tomorrow or the next day, if you're in a situation where a woman is getting a rougher deal than a man would in the exact same situation, maybe practice some compassion toward her. Actually, do you know what? Forget that. Boost her up. Support her power. And karate chop all those who try to get in her way. And... After you've finished being awesome, grab a sister's phone and show them how to subscribe to this podcast. You can find Ladies We Need to Talk on a podcast app or on the ABC Listen app. And if you have any feedback or thoughts on this episode, our number is 1300 641 2 or you can send us an email at ladies at abc.net.au. By the way, we love your emails. Ladies is mixed by Isabella Tropiano with music production by Martin Peralta and Timothy Jenkins. It's produced by Cassandra Steve. Supervising producer is Madeline Jenner. Our digital producer is Olivia Willis and executive producer is Justine Kelly. This series was created by Claudine Ryan. The manager of audio studios is Kelly Reardon. 